Hello, I'm Alex McDougald, and this is INSEAD in Conversation With, a podcast series in which our guests share their stories, thoughts, and insights with us. In this episode, we're back with Heidi Hauer, a holistic health and leadership coach for women, and also a past participant of INSEAD's coaching certificate program. In our first episode, we spoke about the importance of health and wellness in leadership. And today we're going to focus more about women's leadership and how Heidi, through her coaching, is helping other women meet their career aspirations, giving them a sense of belonging and helping boost their self-confidence to deliver better quality work. So Heidi, thank you so much um, for being back with us again for another podcast episode. Thank you very much for the invitation. Do you think that as, as, you, as you coach uh, women on becoming their best possible selves, do you find that there is that feeling that expectations is placed on to, to get where they have to be, they have to fight harder than perhaps some of their peers. Um, and there's, there's a trap of falling into workaholism and ignoring the wellness. Exactly. Very, very true. Um, and, and there is this belief it's a hustle, hustle mentality and success means sacrifice. And so there are a lot of also societal beliefs about how success should look like that we all to some extent fall into that trap. And it, it's, it's really, it takes courage to say, I wanted I wanted differently. I'll, I believe there is another way. There is an alternative to that. And of course, there are times when when you'll be extremely busy. And I'm not saying it's all about calm and zen and well being all the time. But but my point often is to check in with yourself and really know where am I on the scale um, towards exhaustion or or how can I bring myself back to my center, to my core, to my balance and having the tools to do that. And it all starts with, first of all, of course, the awareness, there is something that I can change and I have the the power, the ability to do things differently. And also very often it's about giving yourself the permission to do things differently than your boss, than your peer, than um, what what your friends think you should do. Well, you, you've spoken there about how they have, you have to uh, fight to get where they want to get, women leaders, etc. Does a lot of that come down to building confidence and the importance of, of crafting an inner belief system which allows you to believe you're capable of doing X, Y, Z? As a coach, I work a lot with mindset. And that's why I strongly believe that the inner game is the one to win first before you see any external results. So everything starts with your values and your beliefs. And that then translates into behavior and also the energy that you show up with. And that in turn then delivers the results. So it's all connected. And if you really want to make a substantial shift in um, your life, then there is no way around looking at your values and your beliefs. For example, if you believe that you're not good enough, that you don't deserve a seat at the table, that your opinion doesn't matter, then you act from a place of fear and your stress level will reflect that because you'll always feel that you have to watch your back. You have to prove others wrong. Others are there to catch you. And if, if you operate in that framework or in that system, then your stress levels are automatically super high. Even if you're 
don't don't work. Like by pure walking into the building, you produce stress hormones. So I would say in many cases, often the most sustainable way to to lower your stress level at work is to strengthen your self-confidence. I just was curious, um, when you uh, meet your, your coaches, what are some of the tips that you give them to build that confidence in themselves? Let me mention three tips. So the first one is to keep a cheerleader journal. I mean, most of us know the idea of having a gratitude channel, so you note down what you're thankful for. But a cheerleader journal is something that you use every day um, in the evening where you note down your achievements, the things that you're proud of, whether that's talents that you have or specific um, professional achievements that you can mention. And really also notice how easy or difficult it might be to only talk about the positive things. So that's a fascinating journey. I can recommend that to everyone to keep this cheerleader journal. Number two is to do mirror work. Um, so every morning, look at yourself in the mirror for 10 seconds. Um, sounds short, but it can be quite long because <laughs> we're not used to looking at ourselves. And also here, um, have uplifting positive thoughts. So this is not about criticizing the skin or your hairstyle or whatever. It's really testing and training yourself to see you look into your eyes and have positive uplifting thoughts. So be your own coach in a way. So that's the mirror work. And the number three um, is, is to step outside your comfort zone regularly, to really challenge yourself to do something that might be too tough, too big, too crazy for you. So exactly what I mentioned before, that perhaps um, women are daunting a bit more than men, challenge yourself to say, okay, this is perhaps too much for my pay grade or too, too creative, but I, let me try it. Let's see how I can implement that project or what I can do privately, but also professionally. And we spoke in our first episode about the um, idea of a network and the danger of loneliness. Mm. When we think about women leaders achieving their potential and developing that confidence, these are things that, of course, like you've just said with those tips, they can certainly do things themselves that can help grow, help them grow and help them develop. How important is the idea of creating a network of support? Mm. As the saying goes, it's lonely at the top. And that's even more true for women in leadership positions. So nurturing a network of like-minded women can definitely alleviate that sense of loneliness or also that sense of I'm not being fully understood by my peers or, or others. And when it comes to supporting each other, allow me to mention the famous quote, famous quote by Madeleine Albright. She said, there is a place in hell for women who do not help other women. <laughs> <laughs> and I can only underline that and highlight that. And in addition to that, I believe that also networking with men is important and often underleveraged by women. So really getting out there, build your connections, build your tribe, build your community. Uh, I think that's super essential. When we speak about um, women's careers and moving up that ladder, what are some of the traps that young women leaders or potentials, high potentials as we like to call them, what, what are some of the traps that they can fall into perhaps or be, uh, uh, and how can they uh, uh, avoid uh, doing so? 
The traps that I would like to point to are three beliefs. So the first one is excellent work will speak for itself. Second belief is networking is a dirty word. And the third one is I'm when I'm good at my work, then I do everything ideally by myself. And let me explore those ideas in, in more detail. So the first one where I find that I don't need to promote my achievements nor voice my aspirations, that somehow stems from also that European culture of humility is a virtue and outright bragging is bad. And of course it is, but there is a middle ground and there is space in between those extremes that can be leveraged. So talking positively and with a sense of ownership about one's accomplishments to the right people at the right time is definitely a good idea and doesn't hurt. And I think Women sometimes underestimate the importance of doing that um, because excellent work in itself is, of course, great, but that doesn't necessarily mean that people know you want to get a promotion or you're interested in expanding your scope, etc. So I think talking about your work is important. Number two, Networking is a dirty word. So as we said before, a network, building a strong network is important. And for many different reasons, whether that's exchanging ideas, finding a mentor, establishing collaborations, simply understanding there is a power in having a supportive network around you is essential. And the last one, so I'm, I'm good at my work when I do everything that's been asked of me, ideally all by myself. That's a typical good girl trap. So really understanding that at workplace, the rules are different than back at school and that at work, sometimes what might be a right thing to do is to say no, or is to say, I challenge the status quo or delegate, I outsource, or we do things differently. And that might move the needle. So simply Doing what's been expected is not necessarily the, the path to the top. These expectations can create tremendous amounts of pressure, I suppose. But how, you know, how do you get beyond, you know, here is an expectation being placed on me, but I want to break that. So you have the courage. I guess it's about courage, right? To co confidence and courage to not just do what is expected of you, but go beyond that and do what is important for you. It's about courage and courage is a muscle that can be trained. So that comes back to challenging yourself to go outside the comfort zone regularly. Mm. And there can be baby steps at the beginning and that can end up in saying, this is a project we are canceling because I don't believe in it. <laughs> <laughs> when you speak to coaches, do you stress that? Well, I'm assuming that some of these individuals come to you, you know, in a, in a place of great stress, great pressure. Um, and they obviously need an outlet uh, to, to um, yeah. um, and they feel like they need to get somewhere super fast. Yeah. Do you stress the importance of taking the time to take those baby steps and, 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 and take time to grow and develop? And then in the end, you'll get to that place where you want to be. I definitely do place importance on people understanding that the personal development journey is a journey <laughs> and not a, a weekend retreat. Um, but of course, it depends on where the person is. So I have um, stress management tools that work um, wonders um, if you are under tremendous constant stress now, like immediate relief. Then I work with stress management tools that are like medium term and then also 
the things that you work on long-term and that can really help you to substantially change things. And that's why I often see myself in the coachings also as a companion because it is a journey and um, the typical coaching is three months, six months. And of course, the longer this journey goes, um, the more combinations you can do from the short-term tools, but also you can work on the long-term um, insights, reflections, up-leveling, so to say, and, and that takes time. Why is, it, why is it important to have a mentor? And what are sort of the, some of the characteristics you think people should look for in a mentor? A mentor for me is someone who is clearly ahead of the game in the area of expertise or the industry in which you want to establish yourself or grow further. And it's also someone who is ideally a good listener, who really is prepared to look at you rather than doing copy and paste from their experience onto you, who really wants to understand you as a person and is then generous with your advice. Ideally, that person also has a good network where they can introduce you to some people. Um, and most important, I think, it's that it clicks on a personal level. I think when it comes to mentorship, chemistry really matters because then you feel, I, I'm looking forward to the conversation or I, I want to grow so that I can share something with him or her when I see him again or her. And it, it's, it's really that kind of um, power in the chemistry that is important to leverage. As you um, went through your career as a, as a young uh, women leader, who were your mentors and how important were role models for you um, and the impact that that had on your own self-belief system? There are many people who supported me and I want to thank all of them at that stage. And in particular, I think an important role were my boyfriends at that time. So um, I've, I've had the, the pleasure to, <laughs> um, to be in relationships with successful men. And um, because I was an ambitious young, young lady, I've, I've always asked and wanted to have a conversation about work. And there was a lot of advice that I think I got from um, my partner at that time. There's been an important moments in my early career when I worked at a consultancy in London and the owner said to me that he's um, proud of my achievements, but that he'd like to see more of um, my creative ideas or me questioning things and um, that he he wants to see um, more more initiative. And I thought that was so bizarre because I, at that time, thought if I do everything that's been asked of me, I do 100% a good job. But then getting instilled that idea that the 100% perfect job is that you actually do more or different things than they have been asked of you. And I, I really said, it's wonderful to hear that. And um, I'm just afraid that I make a mistake. He said, um, I hired you because I trust you. And if you make a huge mistake, or if, if there is something majorly wrong, then it's his responsibility because he hired me. And that um, trust was enormously important for me to know that I, I can try out new things and I can suggest things that maybe they haven't done before, etc. And then I realized doing a good job is actually more than just um, being the nice girl. 
<laughs> and on top of that, I've, I've most of my um, career, I've had business coaches, um, really people who are not in the company, but um, external advisors who I regularly um, spoke to and, and really had the opportunity to um, grow with them. So, and I didn't do that because I felt I was doing something wrong. I really felt that to have a business coach is more the fast track ticket to even more success. And to some extent, I think the fact that I've moved fairly quickly up the ladder is also down to that effect that I've, I've always tried to make sure that I have enough people who, who support me, who I can ask for, who I um, really can, can turn to. You tell those stories so well. Uh, do you find that you often thinking about those things when you speak to other uh, to individuals in their own journeys, and those are those those, those thoughts, those feelings of, of warmth, I suppose, come back to you and help how you approach your coaching <laughs> and the way you support them. It has definitely strongly influenced me in the way I um, speak to coaches because I feel that supportive nature is key because ultimately I want them to speak kindly to themselves, to be supportive of themselves. And I think the way I speak to them might influence their internal dialogue. And that's why I'm very careful also with my words and, and also the atmosphere that I create, um, that it can be a safe space where people um, open up and, and grow and, um, and see, see the potential that I see in them. So it's very often that I, I can um, see where that person can go or what, what they might um, achieve in the future. And, and they do not yet have the, the courage or give themselves the permission to, to see that um, in themselves. When we speak about, when you speak about the coaches, the individuals who come to you and all the reasons they come to you that like we've spoken to so far over this podcast, do you have any people or person that comes to mind where you're particularly proud of how that coachy has grown after your coaching sessions with them? Do they, have they come back to you and said, wow, you know, I am in such a better place. Thanks to <laughs> what you taught me or told me or supported me. Yeah, let me pick one story. So I once coached a female lawyer in her late 30s. She was highly talented, very ambitious, but struggled to speak up in meetings with senior leaders and was mainly eating chocolate all day long and never meditated before in her life. And after six months of coaching with me, she confidently shared her views in meetings, had fully embraced healthy eating and home cooking and enthusiastically told me about a meditation weekend retreat that he had attended. And I love such transformations because they're so holistic and, and they really show what can be done in a relatively short period of time. And although I know how change, and, and although I know um, that profound change is possible, it always blows my mind again and again. And seeing such turnarounds, um, that's actually the reason why I love my work. And it's incredibly fulfilling for me to guide others along the personal path. Well, I was just really impressed with your insights in our first podcast. So thank you so much for sharing more about yourself and and your beliefs and your philosophies uh, with us again. And thank you for the great questions and um, for the wonderful way you host podcasts. It's really, it's a joy thank to you. work with you, with both of thank you. Thank you, Heidi. <laughs> thank you. 
And thank you to our audience for listening in. If you'd like to know more about Heidi and her work, please do visit her website. The link should be in the podcast description. And also, if you'd like to know more about INSEAD's coaching offer and the INSEAD coaching certificate, um, there will also be a link in the podcast description. Thank you very much.